Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay everybody i have something really cool to tell you about if you haven't heard yet about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain here it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and then you can get started it's really fun we just switched over recently here at all too real too and i'm enjoying it so far so be sure to check it out and uh let us know what you think Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me as always is... Is Matthew Haas. Matthew Haas. Yep. My friend, my brother, from another mother. Mm Mm-hmm. Another world, maybe. Yes. No. Like the soap opera, Another World. Yeah, maybe. That used to be on TV. Anyways, um, <laughs> but it's okay, because these are the days of our lives in this general, <laughs> in this general hospital full of the young and the restless. <laughs> Wait, what? Wow. <laughs> Where all my children reside in this one life to live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so... <laughs> On today's episode, um, I have a all two interview with Jonah Ray, aka Jonah Ray Rodriguez, um, who people know is a uh, stand-up comic, um, 
podcaster, um, host of uh, the revival of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yep. And um, the co-host of The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, where he and Kumail Nanjiani hosted a show on Comedy Central. And uh, also were very innovative in the world of stand-up comedy when it came to uh, their uh, Meltdown comedy show that they had at the Meltdown in uh, Los Angeles um, for years, along with uh, produced by uh, Emily Gordon, um, who is their uh, who is uh, Kumail's uh, wife. Um, but uh, he, he also hosts the podcast Jonah Radio, spelled R-A-Y-D-I-O. And uh, mm-hmm. he has a new podcast, which we talk about in the uh, in the episode, um, um, called uh, "Let Me Watch." Let me watch your movie. Let me watch your movie with you. I think, or something like that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the exact. It'll be in the show notes, folks. <laughs> I'm dumb. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, he he also. Uh, has made appearances on Jimmy Kimmel Live, the Sarah Silverman program, among other things. Um, he's a performer at the Ups- Upright Citizens Brigade, um, worked on the Andy Milanakis show, um, you know, <laughs> and he wrote for The Soup on E! for years with uh, Joel McHale. And um, so anyways, um, it was a really fun interview. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. He's a really nice guy. Really cool, um, down to earth. Um, I was a little starstruck talking to him actually, but <laughs> it was still kind of cool. Um, he kind of, uh, you know, just like any other dude, you know. Yep. So uh, hopefully you all enjoy this. But right now, here's my interview with Jonah Ray. First off, how you how you doing with all the craziness in the world right now? Um, you know, as good as any, you know, uh, anybody, I guess, are better than some, worse than others, uh, hard to say. Um, you know, it's, uh, the work, the lack of work has been kind of the most disconcerting, uh, thing, just because I had, uh, uh some gigs lined up, um, a couple conventions and a couple acting gigs, um, that co- conventions postponed, acting gigs, uh, uh, postponed indefinitely, you know, yeah. uh, and that was kind of the stuff that, like, you know, when you... When you freelance, uh, when you have like a kind of a freelance work situation, you kind of you you count on the the work to come in and kind of make your, your nut essentially. Yeah. Uh, and so like it's like so that stuff has been very um, you know disconcerting, but hoping for the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, just uh, curious, like how do you uh, how did you get started into like comedy and acting and all that um it's something i always wanted to do i really wanted to perform since i was a little kid and i started playing drums uh i think out of a way of i always love the drums but if i were to you know self-analyze it um it was a it was a very protective uh way to perform um you know you're (laughs) one you're surrounded by all this metal and wood and um and you're making loud noises, uh, but it's also like you're—it's um, always collaborative in that way. And because um, I, I loved to perform, but I at the same time didn't like attention 
at this, you know, it was a very yeah. kind of growing up, like kind of like a big white kid in Hawaii. It's like, um, you know, you don't, you don't want any eyes on you. You don't want to, you don't want to stick out more than you already did. And, you know, for fear of just kind of any kind of childhood, uh, you know, bullying. And so from, but then I also like loved, you know, comedy and movies and, and just, uh, and, but never thought like, you know, I never thought it was anything I could do. You no, know, like no one in Hawaii, you know, we, like we, we had Tia Carrera when I was growing up and that was, <laughs> you know, yeah. that was about it when it came to, you know, actors from Hawaii. Bette Midler was from Hawaii, kind of, you know, just cause she was, a, I think, a military kid. Um, but, uh, yeah. but it was a, it was just something that I always wanted to do. And then, um, I kind of finally made the decision to like, right after I graduated high school, I, I moved out to LA and, um, just, uh, start, like, I didn't know how to get into showbiz you know so yeah. i was like i don't i don't how do you get an how do you get an agent how do you get a manager i like it's like knocking on doors um you know youtube wasn't really a thing the, the social media was still very infant um so the only way i knew how to like practically and logically start performing in showbiz was to sign up for open mics at stand-up uh stand-up shows and that's kind of what led me into it uh, I was never really intent intentional to like be a stand up comic, but it was the only way I could practically figure out how to uh, how to perform. Yeah, um, what was uh what was like your first uh, stand up uh, performance uh, like for you? Like, was it was it a good experience, a bad experience, or you know, it was it was generally it was okay. It was good enough for me to um, do it again. You know, I had I was kind of being a nerd about it where i started just going to open mics to watch and i would find out about open mics and you know in the in the local like alternative weekly you know where they would have the list of like oh this coffee shop on thursday nights or that you know the haha ha cafe in north hollywood and <laughs> you know um and so um you know i remember going up and um thinking i had a couple of good okay jokes but one of them you know like i was I was 19, 20 years old. So yeah, I had, yeah, like I had jokes about like jerking off and, and, <laughs> um, and like, you know, like a, an incest joke kind of thing, you know, just like, just cause I was like, you know, a punk kid just trying to like, what makes me and my friends like, you know, laugh and yeah. giggle and, and, uh, and, and I remember like it going fine. Um, but also kind of being inspired by how no one really did well at the open mic. Yeah. And that was kind of like, I was like, okay. And then the second time when I, and it was real bad. It was like a, like a, some guy screamed at me from the audience, <laughs> another comic. And, and, uh, and I remember just kind of like that. And for some reason that made me want to like dive in that much more. Uh, you know, it, it, it was, and I was never that great, but like, um, I was, I was fine enough and determined enough to keep going, you know? Yeah. Um, how did you, uh, you and uh, Kumail decide to do the meltdown and everything? Like, because uh, I, I, I find that fascinating. The whole uh, concept of that, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I had been doing uh, monthly shows at the Meltdown Comics backroom uh, for years, a few years at this point. Uh, this uh, really funny actress, uh, Linda Pine, um, had kind of started to do stuff there because she worked there and. Um, and, uh, you know, she had a boyfriend that was doing comedy. So like, she kind of started putting on these monthly shows and then I took those shows over. Um, and I'd always wanted to make them weekly, but I just didn't, I didn't have the energy to like, 
book a, a, you know a great diverse lineup yeah every week and because i was also working full-time at the time and um and i just didn't i was like i don't know how i'm gonna i can't pull that off um and then emily uh v gordon kumail's wife and kumail moved to town we had kind of met briefly in new york um you know the previous year and we became Came friends, uh, like, you know, I had just started seeing what, who would become my wife and, um, and like we were going on a couple dates a lot and, um, just cause we all like, you know, we all like horror movies and we all had a lot of the same interests <laughs> and, um, more like, you know, me and D had more in common with, uh, you know, Emily's interest as, you know, a former kind of, you know, goth punk kid from the South, like, you know, she, yeah. uh, then and Kumel, like, you know, but we, Kumel like loves horror movies and stuff like that. So, um, and I remember one time we were, uh, we were getting dinner and they're like, oh, we got to we got to go to this bar uh, and check it out for, we were thinking about doing like a weekly stand-up show. And I go, I go, Oh, which bar is it? Um, you know? And they're like, Oh, it's St. Nick's on third street. I go, Oh, that's no, it's people have tried and failed. It is not set up right <laughs> for a show. It's, you know, it's, it's like too wide and too shallow to work. It's too, you know, the audience is spread out. It's upstairs. There's no bar nearby. You know, um, and uh and they're like oh really i was like yeah i've like multiple people i know have tried shows there and they're like oh i was like no but i've been thinking about making my show weekly would you want to maybe uh check out my show um i was like come on why don't you do the next one and you guys can check it out and see how you feel and you know my shows were doing well they were filling out um you know um what i thought was filling out the room you know at the time um you know like you know 100 you know 150 people or so like a month um and so and so like they they came and then like they're like yeah let's do it and then so like at that show like i just kind of announced i'm like hey starting like next month we're switching from fridays to wednesdays and we are gonna go uh weekly and and then and so we started the weekly show with just that audience just showed up so it's like you know everyone was just like oh it was it was successful right away and like it was like yeah but it's because we were able to like pull from that friday crowd and yeah. talking to a lot of people uh, it's because it was just like their neighborhood like that area where meltdown is it's like terrible for parking it's mostly apartments and so <laughs> a lot of people that get parking spots like just they want to walk somewhere to do something and that was like a big part of our audience was like neighborhood people for a while oh, nice um yeah yeah because I, I mean uh i listened to the history of stand-up uh podcast and they talked a lot about uh about the meltdown and i uh I thought that, that was really interesting how, you know, I think it's kind of an important hit part of history of stand-up in general anyway. So I think... You know, it's so funny. Um, for me, it was just, uh, I mean, I guess like anything that like, it's, it's hard to kind of put in a historical context for myself because I was there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I like, it's like, I, I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate with how big it got and all the, you know, it's like how many people like start shows with their friends and then it becomes a TV show, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, the show was really important to us. And that was our, that was our social scene. It was, a, it was a scene, you know? And then of course, because, um, of like, you know, the Nerdist company kind of taking over the whole backspace and then, you know, uh, then there would be shows every night of the week there. Um, we were always kind of a, autonomous in our, in our spot. Like we were kind of, we were not really a, you know, a nerd melt show. We were, we were the meltdown show at, you know, yeah. we were the meltdown with Jonah Kamel at meltdown comics. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, like it's funny. Cause like now I'm like, you know, still making, you know, friends and people go like, 
It's like, hey, I just got to say, uh, you know, that show meant a lot to me. I always wanted to be booked on it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, um, how, uh, speaking of, like, the Nerdist and stuff, how did you get involved with uh, them after that? Uh, well, there was before, you know, I'd uh, known, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. known Hardwick uh, just yeah. from right when I started doing stand-up. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we worked together on... Uh, uh, like, uh, you know, I was doing stand-up and making videos and stuff like that. Um, and then he had a show and then, uh, the guys who were running his show on G4, um, uh, web soup, like, uh, they liked my stuff too. And so they hired me as a writer and director, uh, for the sketches and, and jokes and stuff like that. So we were, um, just kind of working on that show. And, um, and then we, we, you know, we, the team for the web soup got offered from E, which was like, you know, same kind of sister company all under yeah. the Comcast umbrella. Um, they offered us, uh, the, like, uh, we got a pilot to like revamp the daily 10, which would have been one of those news entertainment, you know, countdown shows on E just, you know, fap, nothing, you know, just yeah. <laughs> info, infotainment. <laughs> um, uh, and, and so and it was one of those things that were like, you know, we, we did our best. It's like none of us were really interested in, you know, the, the, the subject matter. And we did our best to make it funny to us, but we were all weirdos and absurdists and stuff like that. So, <laughs> um, and I remember like, uh, you, Chris really kind of banking on it. Like he really thought that was going to be like the big thing for him was, uh, this show. This show was going to be the thing that, you know, finally broke him, you know, you know busted him out. Uh, whatever, you know, level he, he, he considered himself in. And when it didn't happen, it was kind of a big blow to him. And then that's when he was just like, you know, I'm just going to start something on my own. I'm just going to like start a podcast. Do you want to co-host it with me? And I said, sure. Uh, I don't really know what podcasts are. I don't listen to them. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm down. Uh, it sounds fun. Um, and, uh, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to have my friend. I know this guy that works at the Mac store, Matt. Uh, he'll, uh, he'll just be the producer. Cause I know he produces, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy, uh, not Pardo, uh, but you know, another Jimmy, uh, um, <laughs> Jimmy doors, Jimmy doors show. And I'm yeah. going to have him produce this one. And then like, and then, but like, you know, Matt, so, so incredibly funny and charming that he just kind of, and it just immediately just became the three of us. And then it just really just kind of took off and became bigger than I, anything I would have ever imagined. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and, and then, uh, you uh, did uh, Jonah Radio. You, you do that still. I mean, how, how did you uh, come up with the idea for that? I was just trying to think of doing like my own kind of uh, podcast and a way to kind of stay in touch with music, um, keep up with music, share music. I love sharing music. I just, you yeah. know, from being a band's a kid, making mixtapes for friends or, you know, working at record stores, it is, mm-hmm. it is uh, like a, a, one of my favorite hobbies. And um, I, you know, like anything, you just like when you, 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 I'm sure you get this. It's like, it's like, oh, it's a hobby. I'll, I'll turn it into like an obligation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was just kind of like, you know, I wanted to do something with my friend Cash, who would also was producing on Web Soup. And, um, and yeah, you know, it was just like, it, originally it was going to be this idea where I was just going to like, I was going to have themes and play songs I wanted. And then, um, and then, you know, we just kind of started doing the thing where if you submit a song and then they kind of like, you know, just, just to kind of uh, stay safe in the realm of uh, legally playing stuff on a on a podcast, um, and that one was that that was purely out of also like fun. Like I wanted it to be with Cash and Neil, my two friends, like two of the first friends I made when I came out 
to LA and to just, when I was started doing comedy. And it became, you know, I felt that age that we were at the age where we start seeing each other a little less. And I kind of wanted something that was going to be like our poker night. Yeah. Um, something that, you know, every week we get together and we get drunk, too drunk. Uh, <laughs> you know, we bust each other's balls and, um, and then play and listen to music. And it's one of those things where it's like we, it was so casual for so long and now it just kind of keeps going and we don't. You know, we just, it's just something, but it is, it's nice to have a little project with your friends, you know, yeah. um, that's something as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that I, I love that. I love, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of, it feels like you're a kid again. You're like, it's like, let's, you know, let's make a movie or let's, uh, let's, yeah. you know, <laughs> let's like play pretend or let's do, make a band or let's do a thing. You know, it's, it, it's that, uh, it's the little project that you kind of, uh, you know, get to do while you're hanging out. Yeah. That's, a. Uh pretty much why i started this podcast i mean because my uh my best friend and i co-host it but he doesn't like to do the interviews for some reason so i always get stuck 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 doing the interviews yeah, that's stuck no i'm just joking no, I, I actually enjoy it a lot but he doesn't he's got a little social anxiety stuff going on so yeah um, yeah yeah so, so i understand him um but uh but no <laughs> but but i i i i do appreciate that i like that idea where it's you know just you and your buddies kind of getting together and doing something for fun i mean that's and then kind of making something out of it. It's yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that's with that, you know, not, of course, not everything is going to be, you know, that was the intent for, for me of the meltdown. Um, not everything's going to be that big because of yeah. the intentions of, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but it is funny. Cause I remember like Kumail, like in some interview once he was like, well, I remember when we were going to start the show. I, I like, I, I said, if we're going to start a comedy show, it's got to be like the best comedy show in town. I was like, I don't remember you saying that. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember that coming up <laughs> but like i know i do know for a fact though that kumail did have that in his head he may have not said it out loud but like yeah that is the type of guy he is of just like mm-hmm. he, him him and emily both like no half measures they just yeah they just do it a, a full-on and it shows and it like you know their success very much shows that yeah i mean i i mean even just his recent like working out and being come becoming like the next uh like bodybuilding <laughs> Yeah, men's fitness. Like, was it I, wait? Was it men's fitness or was it bodybuilding magazine? I can't remember. It was the yeah. men's mag. Yeah, yeah. just like. like <laughs> and it's funny too because like when that came out, like you know, everyone's like, I was just getting texts and emails and messages about <laughs> it, and and I'm, they're like, Have you seen this? I'm like, Yes, we're friends. I've been seeing the progress. Like, it's like <laughs> I've been keeping these pictures. I have all these pictures on my phone that I've been having to keep to myself because you know, because it's like you know, it was like he had he focused so much on it, and it was like the only thing he could talk about because it was the only thing he was kind of doing and he was like nerding out about like the you know the the science behind the moves and the nutrition and all this stuff and you know when you're do- when you're doing something all the time it's like what else are you going to talk about you know <laughs> yeah um how did you uh get involved with uh mystery science theater 3000 um so i was uh we, we had um on the nerdist we had uh joel on yeah uh and i'm you know lifelong fan of uh mystery science theater and um and so uh you know we we had him on and like it was just it was very pleasant you know it was just uh you know we had been doing it long enough to where i knew like i was like i'm not going to become friends with any of the people that had come on you know like (laughs) if like if anything i'm like the main dude's buddy you know that just like throws in jokes here (laughs) and there you know not really like um even like one time i think we had like josh gad and billy crystal on because they were promoting that show the comedians i think the fx show they did yeah. and 
And I remember like uh, we start recording and then some like there's a riff going on and I throw in a joke and then Billy Crystal was like, who's this guy? Oh, like, it's like oh god oh no yeah yeah i'm i'm one of the i'm one of the guys i'm not sure how this sh- i don't know how this show's pitched to you dude i'm but it's three of us um but uh and so like it was it was nice it was nice to meet him um and you know uh and so but then the next night um there was a screening of wayne white's documentary at cinefamily which was a little kind of small art house theater uh but wayne white who did uh he had a documentary on him called uh, Beauty is Embarrassing. And it's a great documentary for anyone that's in, like at all interested in like, you know, the, the, men- the mentality of an artist or anything like that. But he's a, he's oh, a guy, he did like a lot of those Peter Gabriel videos uh, the, like the, yeah. with the puppets. Um, he did, he was like one of the set designers for uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, oh, cool. Just a really incredible, interesting, interesting dude. Um, and also like a fine artist as well, like also knows how to do like very beautiful, you know, oil and acrylics and stuff. Uh, but it's called Beauty is Embarrassing, Beauty is Embarrassing. And, um, and there was a screening of it. So I, I went and, uh, and Joel was there too, um, <laughs> doing like a Q and A with, uh, Wayne White because they knew each other back in the day. Um, like he was, so Joel was doing the Q and A for, you know, like moderating it yeah. uh, for Wayne. And then, like, at the little, like, kind of, like, you know, lobby area afterwards, uh, I was like, oh, hey, man. He's like, hey, yeah, hey, good to see you again. Wow, yeah. Oh, you like, the-? you know, we chatted a bit. And, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a big Wayne White fan, this and that. And, you know, he introduced me to Wayne White. And um, and then uh, and then the next day, I was I was doing some show on the west side. I was coming back. And I was just like, I was like, oh, I'll swing by Meltdown uh, because I think it was a, a Harmontown was going on. Okay. And I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I'll swing by and just <laughs> see who's hanging out, you know, because uh, that was the beauty of that space, too. It's just like, and either way, you can be like, oh, I'm going to swing by because I could just walk in. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just uh, um, and I get there and Joel's there because he's old buds with, you know, Harmon and Schraub and stuff like that. And like, uh, <laughs> like I go, oh, hey, man. He's like, hey, are you following me? You know, <laughs> uh, I, was like, I was like, no, I just I know these guys. I have a show here, this space. And then um, and then, yeah, and then we like he just like uh he got my number and then like kind of started just talking on the phone and he was slowly always talking about like yeah you know i'm trying to figure out a way to bring back mystery science theater and I'm like, oh wow you know just i needless to say i'll i'll be involved in any way you know i'm i i'd love to write on it um or help produce it or whatever you need i you know because i'd been working in tv at that point i was yeah. like i didn't I, I wasn't like it's like it's like give me a shot like i was just like i was like i'm more than capable of you know working on the show uh and would love to and um and he's like yeah man i don't know it'd be cool yeah you may come on as a writer or something like that and then like you know months would pass and call me we just chat about stuff he's like yes yeah, so i'm still trying to think it's like it'd be cool if you know you were like you know like maybe like a like because you know, i've seen some of the videos you've done maybe like you know like direct some of the segments or like maybe come on as a producer i was like yeah anything anything i'll do anything on the show <laughs> And then one day he just calls. He's like, "Yeah, I've been thinking about it, man. I've seen like watch some of your stuff online. I think you should just you know be the guy." And I was like, "What do you mean? What what, what guy?" He's like, "The guy, the me, the Mike." And I was like, "Whoa!" And even from that point, it was still, you know, it was still maybe like a year and a half before the Kickstarter even was a thing. Yeah, you know, because for a little while he was like, he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm going to start a mystery science theater in Philly." And you'll come out, you and your wife will come out, and then, like, we'll just put on shows every night and riffing workshops during the day. So seven nights a week, you'll be there. <laughs> and, I, and, like, at, 
And at this time, like, you know, the, like the Meltdown show, like my, my Kumail show, like kind of started to like gain a lot of steam and I was getting some attention. The Nerdist podcast wasn't doing well. And I was like, I, I don't think I can do this, Joel. Like I had to say no. I was like, I was like, I can't do this. Um, which broke my heart, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he kind of came around because that's always Joel. He's just like blue sky. He's just like, he has these huge, crazy ideas and he kind of has to say them out loud to kind of see them and formulate them into something that's going to work. Uh, and so, yeah, then finally, like it kind of got narrowed down and he, like, he started talking to Ivan Asquith, uh, from Kickstarter and then, and that's kind of how it all, how it all happened. It's, you know, it's really, it's cause it, it wasn't necessarily like a moment, you know, it yeah. was just this slow burn of a thing where yeah. I'm like, I guess this is happening now. Really the only moment that it really felt like, 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 um, was, when we were doing a camera test, um, we were doing a camera test, like, uh, for a lighting setup for like the day before we were going to start shooting. So like, cause I went, I went and did some stuff and then signed some paperwork and like, uh, and you know, we had already kind of written all the riffs and stuff like that. And we had recorded the, the riffs. Um, but it was time to do all the stage stuff, you know, all the satellite I love stuff. And like, and the whole time, you know, it's like, I'm like, Oh, this is a, like an, a, a version of, this is all a version of like mystery science theater. This isn't mystery science theater. Yeah. And like, um, and you know, and then even though like I'm there and I put on the jumpsuit, I'm like, but it's a yellow jumpsuit. It's not, you know, it's not maroon or it's not blue, you know, it's not. <laughs> and, and it's me in it. So, so everything was kind of you know, three dimensional and, and just kind of like, okay. And you know, this is, this is neat. This is neat. We're, you know, and the, and then I get onto the side I love set. And it's like, again, it doesn't look like it because it's, I'm seeing it in three dimensions. Then it's like, I see the edges of the set and I see, you know, the <laughs> trenches. And then, and then like, um, I look at a monitor. Um, I look at a monitor, like of what the camera's seeing. And I see me on the set on a, on a flat surface, like on a, on yeah. a like a, now I'm, now I'm two dimensional. Now I'm inside the TV <laughs> and I'm on, and now I'm on Mr. Science Theater 2000. Now I'm on the satellite of love. And, and then like, and the puppeteers bring up Crow and Servo on either side of me. And like, um, I just started like tears just started kind of coming out <laughs> of my eyes. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like it was so <laughs> overwhelming. And I like, that was the moment that like, I felt like, you know, pow, but like, leading up to it was you know years of just like yeah i don't know man maybe we'll do it again we'll see maybe you're the guy who knows and even like i like this is this is give you like an idea of my self-esteem um when the kickstarter came out and like it like blew up uh and they still had announced that i was the new uh star um uh it was it was like uh, like they started making so much money so fast. And I was just like, Oh no, are they going to like pull a last minute move and go, wait, actually we're going to get Seth Rogen instead. You know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I grew up a, like you, I, I've, I've loved that show since I was a little kid and uh, mm. yeah, I was, I was so happy to see it come back. I mean, it's too bad that it's not really continuing, but you know, hopefully maybe eventually it will. Yeah. Joel's always kind of trying to figure something out. Um, the, the show just can't really die. I mean, like it, you know, it went from ha to Comedy Central to Sci-Fi years got, and then yeah. stayed alive through you know film crew and riff tracks, yeah, you know, and then to come back and you know, and then like the live shows are really like Joel just loves the live shows because he loves like musical theater and stuff like that, and he loves yeah. the idea of like a stage production, and so he really focused, uh, I think. I, you know, I have a theory that like, if he wasn't so, 
And plus, those make more money than, you know, any TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, live shows when you're packing out a theater selling merchandise will always make more money. Um, but, like, uh, but it was one of those things where, like, I have a feeling if, like, he had hadn't like really just focused so hard on making these live shows and these tours as good as they could be, he would have by now figured out like where the show would end up now. But I know he's, he's always talking to people and it's always kind of a, you know, I'll hear, I'm like, Hey, maybe they're interested. Oh, maybe we'll try it this way and this and that. (laughs) You know, just know that every time Joel does something online, he's trying out a new um, technical element that might, like help him figure out how to do the show next. Yeah. So any kind of live stream thing or fundraising thing he does, just like uh, that's something I noticed. I was like, oh, this is this is how he tests stuff. <laughs> this is how he workshops it. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, yeah. Uh, what? Um, yeah. As, as far as like music goes, um, I'm just curious. Like, who are you listening to right now? That's like a band that you really like. Um, I think my favorite band band right now is uh, Idols. Um, they're out of the, uh, they're out of Bristol in the UK. Um, what I love about them is that it's very aggressive, uh, kind of punk music, um, very, uh, working class, um, you know, sounding vocals, uh, and, um, it's, it's very aggressive, uh, and loud music and, but it's not, um, it's not violent. Uh, it's very positive and very woke and very like, uh, um, uh, you know, very emotional, um, but without losing any kind of, uh, um, you know, toughness or humor that comes with a lot of my favorite uh, punk music. And yeah, I, th- I think Idols is probably my favorite uh, new band right now. That's very cool. Um, I'll have yeah. to check them out for sure. Um, I'm always, I, 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 I love music too. So um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I kind of miss most about like the, during this pandemic is I used to love going to see just local bands play and, it's just, just seen any live music like yeah like i'm like i even like a bad bar cover band like i'd be yeah. like that'd be so nice i know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah see i'm i live in a i live in toledo ohio and we have a decent local music scene, oh yeah and i'm just so friggin upset that i haven't been able to see my friends play in a while so it's just kind yeah. Of, yeah plus in toledo you're like in driving distance to a couple other markets yeah. uh to like so like you have like multiple choice yeah like yeah option like when things yeah. are happening you have options because like what's the next closest is Detroit closer Detroit Detroit's probably the closest but then Cleveland's not too far away too yeah so, Cleveland yeah. like and those like yeah yeah, yeah. And Cleveland's always got great tunes and Akron you know yeah so yeah I um I I just I, I don't know I would love to just be able to go to a concert it'd be or like you said even just to hear a bad cover band in a bar just somewhere. just yeah. I want to stand with some loud music and drink a cheap beer that's like that's all I want <laughs> yeah um the uh um what uh what do you uh, have planned for the future anything anything coming up like once the pandemic's done yeah um I've I've started to really focus on what I want, what I want out of what I've been doing, um, and trying not to feel uh, embarrassed by it, or um, or or ashamed, or uh, feel like I'm you know reaching too far. I um I, I like all I want to do is make movies, be it um you know acting in them, producing them, writing yeah. them, directing them. I I just and I'm not talking about like it's like I'm not 
like when I say that, it's like I don't really care which scale. Yeah. I, like you know, I'm not down to like I'm not gonna. I you know I'll never be like a pop star like Kumail. You know, um, I like the idea of just you know making movies and making making a movie that's good enough to where I get to make the next one. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, those kind of like indie guys that just kind of like the Zellner brothers in, uh, like out of, I think they're out of Austin. Yeah. Where it's like they just kind of make these small movies or Adam Agoyan, um, oh, yeah. out of Canada. Like, uh, it's, you know, I, I love Agoyan. Yeah. Yeah. And like his last movie I thought was great, like, yeah. uh, uh, Guest of Honor. Um, yeah. cause David Thewlis is good and like he's the most watchable. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. He could do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so like I started to kind of, focus my energy on that um and it's it's funny because i remember a while back when i started you know getting jobs like writing on shows like web soup and then we had that daily 10 thing and then um i was like you know producing segments and then i started to get these jobs that were in the realm of in the realm of what i wanted they were they were showbiz jobs which i love i lo- you know i love show business i love entertainment um uh but i realized it's like Within it, I was on these different paths that were slowly taking me away from what I always really intended to do. And I always would say, like, you know, oh, because I was like, you know, producing a E countdown special called E's 50 Most Insane Celebrity Oops. You know, one of those like <laughs> terrible, you know, like I was like, the, I had to like sit in a room with a camera pointed at some, you know, C list celebrity. I go, what about when. You know, Alec Baldwin made that drunken call to his daughter. What about when Tiger Woods, you know, this is like, <laughs> and then having, you know, then having you know, Corey Feldman kind of like just talk about nonsense and go, okay, I think you got something in there. You know, just like, <laughs> like, and like, I was kind of going like, I'm like, what am I doing here? It's, and I was making more money than I'd ever have in my life. Yeah. And, um, but I was miserable. And then even like I got a job on the soup and I was like, I was, I was like, oh, well, the soup, that's a comedy show. I like that show. And then I realized it's, it was still just kind of disposable. Not to say that like it's not good yeah. and it doesn't bring people comfort and joy. And, um, uh, but I just like, I was like, this is not what I, this yeah. is not what I want to do. I want to like, I want to make fake things. I want to make, you know, the stuff that I wanted to watch when I was younger. And so that kind of started with, um, uh, you know, I quit the soup um, and then just kind of started focusing on, you know, trying to audition more and get better at acting um, and um, and then like developing my own stuff. Yeah. And I remember that was like a big part of it. Like, uh, you know, I, I was talking to my manager years ago and he was like, he's like, you just have to get a bunch of you have to generate your own heat. Like, uh, you have to make a bunch of your own stuff. And, and then, so I was like, okay. So I like, you know, really tried like my hardest and like, I, you know, I start like focusing really, uh, on the, the, uh, the meltdown show and that started kind of becoming popular. And then it was looking like we were going to turn it into a TV show. And then like, you know, I had this idea for, you know, a travel show parody called hidden America. That was like a sketch show, yeah. um, but baked into a, you know, travel Bourdain style show. Um, that also was part narrative. And then, uh, and then at the same time, mystery science theater started to happen. And so I was like, I was like, okay, the work is paying off. Um, and then I had, you know, three seasons of meltdown, two seasons of hidden America, uh, you know, two seasons of, uh, 
Mystery Science Theater and a, you know, and a, and a couple tours. And then, um, I got done with it right when I got back from that tour. It's like, like, you know, like everything was like piled on top of each other, you know, um, and it all kind of ended at the same time. Like, right. Like, you know, we ended the meltdown show, uh, CISO went under, um, the new season of, uh, Mr. Science Theater came out. We went on that tour. Uh, and then, um, uh, my dad died like oh, wow. suddenly and it like, I was too, I was too tired creatively and emotionally to like continue that, what I was doing, like that, that momentum. And I remember like going to my agents and managers going like, well, I did the thing you asked for. Like I generated a, you know, what was that like a three, four five, six, seven, seven seasons worth of three TV shows <laughs> within a matter of a, a couple of few years. Uh, um, and they go, yeah, good job. Uh, what are you going to do next? <laughs> and I was like, well, you, if I got like, uh, you're like, you just need to generate some heat. And I was like, and I kind of just, I, I got, I got bitter. Yeah. I got, I got bitter. Cause it's like, I thought that I really thought that that's how it worked out here. You know, like you, you, you put in the work, you get the shows, you get like, you know, I thought it was, you know, sequential. Yeah. Um, and, and like, we you know, like, it's like, oh yeah, it's like, it's like, cause then someone saw me on someone, you know, some hip guy liked Hidden America. So he put me on his little movie and then like that thing got, and then, you know, I played a, I got like the buddy character and some sick, you know, something I thought it, there was going to be yeah. this other thing that came and nothing came. And I don't think, uh, I was really even ready for it. Uh, I think it was pretty unhealthy at the time. Um, and, wouldn't even be able to do it if I tried just because it's still dealing with, you know, my dad being gone all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and so the, um, it, all that stuff and it like, and I, and I got, I got bitter and like, it's like, and that's not a good, no. that's not a good look out here, you know, or any, in any, or way, good way to live. Yeah. And to kind of feel like you're entitled <coughs> to something because of something else you did. And that's, that was really, that was really ridiculous. And so, um, and you know it was the 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 realization that like the work I'd been doing because it was like stand up um or like you know what what you know uh what people like when people call me like the host of Mr. Science Theater I kind of go well it's I'm not me it's like a, it's a it's a part it's a, it's a part I'm playing it's a character like even though the guy's named Jonah and like it's essentially me but it's a version of me same thing with like Hidden America where it's like it's Hidden America with Jonah Ray but it's like you know it's a it's all scripted and narrow, you know, it's a narrative essentially sketch show. And, um, but like, I had realized I'd kind of set myself up as a, as a host, as a personality. And that's the, some of that stuff started getting like getting offered to me and like, uh, like, cause that's something I'm good at. Um, and I was like, I was like, no, but I don't want that. I want to do fake things. Yeah. And they're like, it's like, (laughs) well, this, like this Nat Geo show about like, you know, backyard science, like they, they're just like, they're ready to go. They just, they'll give you the job. And I was like, but I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be me. I want to, I want to make fake things. I want to make fake things. And, <laughs> um, and so I had to kind of, uh, really reassess what I was doing, what I was putting my energy into. Um, and so, and this is like a really long answer. I'm sorry. Oh about, no, it's fine. Yeah. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but, um, and so again, I found myself like I did years prior where I, when I was like, when I left the soup and I left those producing jobs where I was like, all of a sudden in this, this uh, pocket 
or this lane that I that wasn't heading towards it, uh, what I what I wanted, and I was coming at things in a in a insincere way, I think. Um, and so a thing that happened with lockdown was I had to I had to kind of you know stop. I, yeah. Like it's like I wasn't I couldn't go to do a con and you know. Uh, rest on my laurels of things I've accomplished <laughs> in the past, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't, um, you know, limply do some look stand up shows around town or go on the road or uh, like it's like and stuff that I never really like like to do, but it's like that you have to, you feel like you have to constantly be putting yourself out there to get something. And so um, I started kind of just going like, well, what, do, like, I want to make movies. That's what I want to do. And so I just like, and I always had a trouble like writing full scripts by myself. I'm like, well, what, what, I, what's my, why do I got to be an auteur? Like I've always flourished when I like, when I got a team together, right? I collaborated with yeah. people. Like the thing we were talking about before, it's like, what if I just like made it a thing? And, and so like within this year, I've like, you know, I've like uh, adapted a, like a, a graphic novel that I really love, like with my friend Dave Schilling. Um, and like, we're developing that as a movie, um, like a, a like a, a movie that, uh, a script that this guy, Charles Piper wrote, um, that this director wanted me to be in. Um, we like, I ended up becoming friends with Alex Winter and like, we got Alex Winter involved in it now. Nice. <laughs> uh, and, and then like, um, and then like, I had an idea for this kind of thriller thing. Like, and I'm like, I'm not like a thriller writer, but like, uh, I was t- telling it to some guy I knew in the horror scene. And he's like, he's like, Oh, you know, this guy. I know he's like a real good writer, real quick, real fun to work with. Uh, I think you guys will get along. He just wrote like a werewolf movie with Ethan Embry. That's really good. Uh, you should talk to him about your idea and like beat it out with him. And then like, and then like, you know, I talked it over. He did like a treatment. We tweaked it a bit. And then in a month, like he had a, an amazing script. And now I'm like sending that around to try and, and so it's like, now I'm finally at a place where like, I'm, you know, I haven't, I'm working the, the least I ever have. <laughs> but the busiest I've ever been, uh, you know, um, and, and, but I'm feeling really good about all that stuff yeah. and I'm feeling really, really proud and really excited about getting to, um, do the new thing and, and not be embarrassed by it. Not like, it's like, not go like, well, I kind of want to act more. And like, it's like, it's like, you know, people going, you, you know, um, and some of that's like, you know, like also like, you know, trying to be more mindful of like, a like, you know, if I do, re- if I really want to be an actor, if I really want to be on camera, I have to like, uh, you know, I have, I have to lose some weight. I have to look a little healthier, you know, because uh, and I have to, because like when I'm when I'm a little, um, when I weigh less, and it's like I'm not like saying like one way or the other kind of body is. I'm saying I'm saying personally for me, when I weigh less, I am a I'm a better performer because like I'm not thinking about or oh, my are my man boobs showing too much in this <laughs> shirt you know yeah like it's like the, it's like you need to have like n- nothing in the way um yeah and because i'm so full of like you know like self awareness like uh, uh the, like the so like the the less i weigh the less i'm concerned about my look like the more i can give I feel. And so, and so like, I'm, and also a lot of that is inspiration from just being friends with um, someone like Kumail. Yeah. Who, you know, you see put in the work and, and doesn't apologize for um, saying the things he wants to do. And as he's heading towards them. Yeah. I mean, it's, I understand. I mean, I've I've done, I've 
I've acted on stage for years and then I've also mm-hmm. done some indie films and, uh, and, um, yeah, whenever I'm, and I'm a director too, but the, uh, the, um, but whenever I, I, I understand that cause, you know, I've got a little bit of a belly. So I, every time I'm on camera, I sometimes worry. I'm like, okay, do I look good? Do I need to button this extra button to hide stuff? Yeah. Or, yeah. And you start to like, and like the, the, yeah. your, your one instrument as an actor, you start yeah. to kind of like, like tune it. You're like tuning it in the middle of a performance. You yeah. know, like, it's like, should I, is it, or do I shine my shoulder? Wait, what's, is the camera's over there? And you catch, your, catch yourself and, you know, yeah. in a, like a monitor and you're like, oh no, that's terrible posture. You know, it's like, yeah. And it's like, if you, and if I was someone that didn't think about it, like, you know, it's like, yeah. especially when you see like, uh, you know, someone like Bill Murray, like when he was young, he's always looked weird, but like when he was, when he was young, he was a weird looking dude. Yeah. But he did not care. No. He did not care. And, and like, it's like, yeah. I, and I don't have that. So I have to figure yeah. out a way to like approximate it or, you know, or, uh, you know, do an analogy of it. Yeah. Cause like as an actor, you got to kind of become that character and be in that moment. And you can't be thinking about anything from the outside, even if it's, you know, yeah. your physical appearance or just something that's going on. Like, you know, you had a fight with your friend or whatever, right before the thing or something, you know, you can't think exactly. Of that yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, you can't have any of, you know, like there could be no Michael in there. There could be, there could be elements that you yeah. pull from, Yeah, you know, uh, but there can't, but like any of that real stuff yeah. <laughs> can't be in there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's great. Um, I, uh, I was just, um, yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, as far as your acting goes, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed, I mean, it's, it's only one, one episode or whatever that, but your, your performance on Marin when you were on that, I mean, I thought that was Oh, thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was a lot of fun. And, and that was like, that was like, I had to audition for that like three times and I was just like, Oh, wow. (laughs) At a certain point I wanted to like tell the like casting director, I was like, they wrote it for me. Like, it's like, like Jerry Stahl wrote it with me in mind. And of course, Marin likes it. And like, you know, Dave Anthony was a producer. He was like, well, like, it's like, he's like, give, give the role to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, it was like the network was just, uh, making me work for it. And I'm glad, you know, I'm very happy about that performance. Yeah. And, and it is funny because I was a bit bigger and it was like, cause it was also like, I'm a, I worked at record store. So I was like, I was like, this yeah. is, I gotta be this guy. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I just remember, um, like, when I started, I was like, I was being like snarky, like a little bit more snarky, a little bit uh, bigger. And but it was Bobcat Goldthwait was directing it, and he was just like, you know, he's just like, he's like, I want you barely doing a thing, like I, I want it, like he's like, I want you, I, I don't want you moving your hands, I don't want you, like trying to do anything, and like, um, and it was it was a great it was a great lesson because it's like, uh, I remember like when I came in, I was like lots of like lots of you know pointing and stuff yeah. like that the kind of you know, all that stuff they're like it's like don't don't you know don't move your hands don't gesture when you're making a joke because it takes away from yeah. the joke. all that kind of all that kind of like technical you know acty stuff yeah, um uh, which is fun and then like but it was funny kind of also like um again the, when i did the puka movie um uh with felicia day uh for yeah. hulu and blumhouse um the uh the director is like you know uh he's a you know cuban guy and he's like, he's like, when you see the line, you just like, you, use it like, like he wanted everything so like big. And I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. He's, he's like, but you can, you just do lip flapping. Like, you know, he just... <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Bobcat's a great director too. I mean, it's, I just, think I, I love his films I do so too. much. Uh, yeah. He's uh, like one of those uh, scripts I had made. Uh, he's looking at it right now. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, he's sending it around. And I was like, did you? Are you, did you want to direct it? He's like, I haven't decided yet, but I'll help until then. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I met him years ago at a, he did a stand-up thing locally, and uh, I talked to him for about 20 minutes about directing, and it was just great, because he, he was actually excited that I was not talking to him about Police Academy or something, so, because everybody yeah. there was like, <laughs> just like, oh, you know, that's all they knew him. You do the voice! Yeah, I was just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, he is a. I, I love I love his films, and I, I yeah. really can't wait for him to do some more. I know, kind of took a break because he had that TV show. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I hope he gets back into it. Me too. Um. So um. Uh. Something I like to ask everybody. Uh. What kind of advice would you give like a younger person trying to get into entertainment in any way? Um. You know, it's funny because that's like a on the new podcast I've been doing. Like the, I've been asking that, and it's a. Uh, I'm realizing it's it's a it's a hard question to answer um, because it always it always tends to sound the same. Like you know, like yeah. everyone kind of like just do the thing, make the thing. Um, yeah, I know. And th- yeah, and thing and it's like and stuff is so different from even when I started in 2002. You yeah. Know? Um, and I was just talking about recently with my friend where it's like I wanted to make sketch videos to, uh, and I was like, I remember trying like I was doing open mics with. Like Dan Mintz, you know, who would go on to voice Tina and Bob's Burgers and BJ yeah. Novak. And, you know, it's like, I'm like, we should make like video sketches. And they're like, what would you even do with them? <laughs> like, I was like, I mean, I, I think I got like, I, my friend has a projector. I, I don't know anyone with the camera. Does anyone know anyone with the camera? Like, <laughs> like uh, we could show them at a, like, a, like, at a, at like a coffee shop. I was like, I can wheel out a TV, you know, just, <laughs> um, this is all pre-YouTube where you just, you know, yeah, like now you can just upload it. <laughs> um, but I'd say um, for anyone, it's just like, I'll parlay some like, advice from other people too. Like Mick Garris, who is a great uh, director and writer, yeah. you know, he did um, a ton of stuff. Uh, he says, um, if you want to make films, start just by writing because writing doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, just write it. You can make it as crazy as you want. Um, but you'll learn every time you do it. Um, and also just, uh, you know, like just, I don't know, make stuff because you got to fail. You got to fail so much doing this stuff. Most of all of it is just failing. And it's a, if you can't, um, if you can't get past that idea that you're going to look dumb or desperate and like, even like earlier, like I was saying, like, I'm still, you know, I've been doing entertainment stuff, uh, since I was 20. And I'm still kind of like grappling with like, I want to make movies. Like I, I, yeah, I, I'm still having trouble. Yeah. Um, and so you have to have this, uh, you have to have like blind confidence to know that it's, that you're not going to be great and that's okay. Yeah. Um, because if the doing it is what's going to, the doing it is what's going to make you happy in the end. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you know, Take it from me. I know. I know. I have friends that became millionaires. Multiple friends that became millionaires, and I'm here, like going, like, huh? When's that next stimulus check gonna come in? You know, yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> and I and I don't. I don't like. Uh, I don't feel bad about that. I like. I. 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 I respect all the choices I made because it made me who I am. But I really say it's like, decide what you want to do. Um, and then read as many books you can about that. You know, like, uh, I think any kind of showbiz autobiographies are very helpful. You know, yeah. like, 
um, you know, Steve Martin's uh, Born Standing Up is incredible because that's, it's just like... Yeah, that's like one of my favorite yeah. books ever. <laughs> one of my all-time favorite books. And I, yeah. I listened to, like, I read it a bunch of times, but I listened to it, like, going to bed or every time I'm on a plane, yeah. I listen to it because it's very comforting. <laughs> the little banjo interludes, you know. Um, but, like, uh, that's a real um, great uh, showbiz story because you really see, like, how he just put in the work. Like he just like plot and he, I think he even says in the beginning, it's like my, uh, my strides weren't heroic. Um, I just took, uh, um, I took, you know, like a, I went step by step with a few intuitive leaps, you know, and, um, it's just really, really about putting in the work. Also, like, um, I really love, uh, going, uh, Studio Binder, I think is a great, um, YouTube channel. And website and they have a ton of stuff it's like it just really depends it's like if you want to be a filmmaker like study it you got to study yeah. it you got to you gotta watch it all you got to do nothing but all the guys i know that like direct movies or write movies they're watching movies non-stop yeah non-stop good ones bad ones they're just watching them all the time um you know uh my wife deanna who's an incredible actor um she like is constantly reading like you know uda hagen books and like meisner books and like watching uh yeah. workshops that are all and all this stuff all these like all these like q and a's of actors and directors and writers they're all they're all on youtube yeah like go go to, go to school there you know yeah it's the best time in the world to be able to study because it's all there on the internet yeah like it's like i was i think uh, i forget something came up i was like oh i wonder i wonder like uh I, like I really like uh, Ewan McGregor's performance in Beginners, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to look it up and see if he did any like Q and A's uh, around when that movie came out because I want to hear him talk about that that movie yeah. and that performance. And I found three. Nice. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like hearing about his approach and stuff like that. You know, it's uh it's all it's all there. And then just like you know, and making stuff. And like you said, like it's like. Like, you know, you do theater, you're a director, you're in Ohio. It's like you don't have to be anywhere to no. do the thing. You just got to do the thing. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, basically, I think that's the best advice I've gotten from anybody is just basically just do it. I mean, kind of like the Nike slogan, but yeah, just. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah. You know. But just don't use, don't use a uh, Chinese slave labor when to do just it. doing it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how you do that to become an actor or anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, bot farms, uh, <laughs> just slave labor running your uh, your Instagram account. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Anything else you, you'd like to say before I let you go here? No, just uh, I had a really nice time, uh, and uh, I, you know, it's a. Uh, uh, if anyone wants, if anyone likes music, I have Jonah Radio, the music podcast, um, which is just fun and silly. And then, uh, if you like movies, I've been doing a uh, a movie a movie commentary podcast where called Let Me Watch Your Movie with You, where I uh, watched a movie along with someone that was involved. And we've I had you know Mick Garris and we watched Critters Two. Oh, nice. Um, I had Alex Winter and we watched uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Uh, and like, you know, like a ton of different, uh, people, I'll, you know, I, I just did one with Will Wheaton where we watched toy soldiers. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And that one's like, that one's really like a really interesting one. Uh, just because it's like, we really, he tells a lot about like, you know, just child acting and you know, how like the good and mostly bad of yeah. what it entails. 
Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, it's like a, a Emily Gordon. We watched the big sick cause she was a writer and like, yeah. you know, she talked about, she were, she was able to talk about her story there and then, uh, but also, uh, talk about, um, you know, uh, be the, the process of being an Academy award winning or nominated writer, you know, yeah. screenplay, um, and that whole process. So it's been a lot of fun, um, you know, talking to my friends about their movies. Uh, but I also have it set up. So like, uh, there's a little countdown kind of like, you know, like riff tracks used to be where it's like you, 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 you know, pull out your phone, pull up the episode. And, and then when I count down, you press play, uh, along and you can just watch commentary with movies. That's awesome. I'll have to definitely yeah. check that out. Cause I wasn't aware of that one. So I have to definitely check that one out. Um, yeah, it's fair. It's very, I just, I just, just started it. it. And yeah. like, it's also like, I, I, I try to make it so you can also just listen, you know, like, uh, yeah. Um, so you don't have, but, to uh, do but it. yeah, it's yeah. been, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been, it's been really fun. Um, you know, I talked to the writer of, uh, 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 a history of violence, uh, Josh Olson and that, that one was a lot of fun too. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where that's me still, that's, that's also me like learning. That's me like, you know, like talking to people about like their process and their movies, uh, and their performances and their writing because that's that's how that's the opportunity I have to learn um and that's that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do you know yeah and I, I definitely think the people that listen to this podcast would definitely enjoy that show so I definitely yeah. hope I recommend that I haven't even listened to it yet but I definitely recommend it <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I, it sounds good if anything yeah if anything it's got a good logo yeah <laughs> that's good okay. well uh thank you for your time and uh if um if you ever have anything you want to talk about just let me know and uh, we'll have you on again awesome thank you so much michael i really appreciate it. this was a lot of fun i appreciate thank it. you have a good night all right you too see ya okay and we are back um that was uh my interview there with jonah ray um that was a great interview um i really loved talking to him um a lot of good insight into the world of uh entertainment and uh a lot of uh a lot of, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I, I just really liked how down to earth he was and how kind of scared he is about things in the world, too, and stuff, which is, mm-hmm. you know, and how the the pandemic has helped open his eyes to uh, what can, you know, happen in the world and stuff. And it was kind of cool, like, where, you know, you need to basically it, it helped him to see where he wanted to take his career, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, uh, you know, be sure, I mean, if you haven't yet, check out on Netflix the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes he hosts, among anything else he's done. I mean, he was on an episode of Marin, which was really cool, um, which I talked to him about a little bit. Um, he's <laughs> such a such a cool guy, but yeah, definitely check out anything of his and his podcasts as well. I'm sure that everybody that listens to this show will enjoy his new podcast. Um Really cool concept where he watches uh, movies with um, people involved in the film, and uh, they do an audio com- commentary basically throughout the film. So you can watch it along with the movie, or you can watch it without too, and probably get as much and you know entertainment out of it as you would while you're watching it. But uh, anything cool going on in your life, Matt? No, just just you know. Staying safe, just not not going out a lot, well, at all, really. <laughs> just, uh, <clears throat> yeah, kind of boring. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, 
Anyways, uh, make sure you follow us on the social medias, or the social needs, as I like to call them. <laughs> the the uh, the twits and the books and the <laughs> and and the grams. Um, check out our Patreon. You know, you can get a lot of cool stuff. You know, if you like the concept of a of an audio commentary along with a film, we would. One of our perks that we have on there is you could actually, you know, get an audio commentary on a bad movie that Matt and I can do while we watch the movie, you know, things of that nature. Um, it's really cool. Um, you know, check out our T Public, get some cool T-shirts and stuff of that nature. Um, yeah. Anyways, until next time, all two real two fans. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.